Welcome to the Heal and Restore podcast, where we engage in open and honest conversation about spirituality, marriage, family, and the struggles and victories we encounter on this journey we call life. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a new, happier, and healthier you. Now, here's your host, the power couple, Randy and Kathy Boyd. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Heal and Restore. Yeah, you got it. You got it right this time. Yeah, the <laughs> Heal and Restore podcast, I should say. I got to get this new thing down. Yeah, correctly. we're still working on the on the new name. Yeah, we are, but at least it's not Heal and Restore. Oh God, a little squealer there. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, today we're gonna be talking about recovery tools for life. Mm. Um, and- and I, before we get going on this, the word recovery really scares a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And they hear recovery and they automatically think alcohol and drugs. Yep. And, and it, that were, was me. Yeah. I mean, and so a lot of people will, will run from this. And the fact of it is, is that sobriety has to do with drugs and alcohol. Mm, right? good. It's pretty easy once you get past the first week or two of sobriety. You can stay sober for the rest of your life if you choose to do so. Might not have the best life, right? But no. you can stay sober, <laughs> right? Recovery is we are recovering the person that God intended us to be when He put us on the earth. That's good. I like that. Okay, and recovery is a lifelong uh, journey. It's it's a lifestyle that we continue to have to live every single day. Right. Um, I could have got sober like I did in 2006 and continued on with my piss poor behavior towards you and no, everybody. No, thank you. I'll and, pass. Yeah. <laughs> no, I could have kept on, you know, I could have gone and had affairs. I could have, all, I mean, a lot of people do that yeah. and they wonder what's wrong. Yeah. So when we talk about recovery, we're, we are simply recovering the person that God created us to be and coming back in alignment with God's, God's desire for us. Yeah. Because right? God does give us free will. Mm-hmm. And people have a hard time understanding that. So um, I just want to make sure that we have a clear understanding of what recovery is. Yeah, no, I like that. I'm glad you said that because, again, recovery will cause people to, they'll just turn off this podcast if they hear that word without Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times have they done that? I mean, even when I would talk about from a platform at church, and no matter how much I said that, like celebrate recovery, was never, it does has nothing to do with drugs and alcohol. Only a third of the people that go to celebrate recovery right. are dealing with drug or alcohol issues. There's a lot of other issues that people mm-hmm. have in life, you know, pornography, there's codependency, there's grief. I mean, there's tons of different issues that we have to recover in yeah. life and then and, and become the person that God created. And, you know, I'm glad you said that because we have a special guest today. He's special. Right? He is special. <laughs> He's special to me. I, I'm going to be honest, no, but, no, um, no, and our guest, yes, our guest that we have on today is our good friend, Albert Contreras, and Albert is going to share with us a little bit about his experiences, and, you know, we talk about recovering, the recovery tools of life, and Albert has had a most recent experience that he and his wife, my beautiful friend, Lauren, went through with their youngest son, Josiah, where they had to um, really dig in, and thank God, Albert, welcome, but thank goodness you yeah. had these tools yeah. to work with, Absolutely. so Albert, why don't you share a little bit about what this most recent experience is, what you're comfortable with, 
And then um, we'll kind of jump into some of these, uh, these tools that you had to use to get you through this most recent um, process uh, of, or this obstacle, this thing that was thrown to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, first and foremost, I just want to say thank you uh, for the platform that you guys have. And I know um, it's very dear to mine and my wife's heart. You guys have helped us through so many things um, up to our, our recent trials that we've been dealing with. And um, I just really want to honor you guys. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. You know it or not, um, you guys are loved. You guys have a place in the kingdom, uh, a place in this world. And uh, I just thank you guys for your yes. So thank, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Yes. Thank you. Guys. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I, uh, I love what we're covering today. And to be honest, I would have never been able to live the life that I'm currently living without the tools that I've learned um, in recovery. Right. Um, and, and I was one of the ones that thought that I went into recovery for for an addiction that I had, or actually realized that that wasn't the problem. There was a root problem under that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was dealing with a lot of abandonment issues that later on happened uh, to turn into anxiety, uh, depression, and some other mental health illnesses. Um, but just just recently, um, you know, our, our newest baby who just turned one years old in August, um, we experienced a, a horrible accident here at home. And um, unfortunately, we were cooking something in our kitchen and little babies, as they do, are quick. Uh, they stand up, they pull and tug on things that they shouldn't. And um, our son actually grabbed a hold of one of our crock pots while it was on and cooking. And uh, that thing just came down and covered his whole body and burned 32% of his body uh, with second degree burns. Um, and most of that was on his face. And um, that was a really hard situation to go through. Um, me as a dad, I had to be strong. And me as a husband, I had to be strong. And then me as a son um, and, and, and a fellow you know, Christian believer had to be um, strong. And this is where I would say is the second time that these tools, like I really believed in them and had to use them or I would have never made it out yeah. like it was very very hard um you know I used these tools into recovery learned them and then stayed with them which helped me uh to stay sober and also uh just to uh grow into the man that God wanted me to grow um but through this recent accident at our home like it it really proved itself to to work um, not that I didn't know that it worked before, but it really helped me to keep myself sane, uh, to keep myself strong, even though I was weak, um, and to be able to be um, that leader, not only for my family, my children, my wife, but also to lead myself out of it. Yeah. It was very, very hard. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's good that you had the tools, not good that the situation has happened. Well, Albert, let me ask you a question. It just came to me as you were talking, especially with all these tools and stuff. And it's, you know, you've been on this journey now for five or six years. Yes, sir. I, I lose track of time. But when all this happened, would you say that you had to really think about using these tools or would you say that they became ingrained in you and they just automatically happened? Yeah, absolutely. So, so this is something that's instilled in me already. 
And I, I would have never had it if it wasn't for recovery and, and being under great leaders as you, as uh, like you guys. Um, at first, just like anything else, you're picking up a habit. It takes a while, right? Mm -hmm. um, and if you're not using it, if you don't use it, you'll lose it, yeah. right? Absolutely. And so um, because, because I've been using these tools now since 2018, um, this is something that becomes just normal to me. Right. I, I live it out on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, every minute, every second of my life. Um, and I need to or else I'll go back to the, the way that I used to be. And, and that's something that I don't want. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's very important for people, especially new people that are coming into recovery and learning things, even just outside of recovery, whether you have a mental illness or you're speaking to therapists. Like it's very important that the tools that you're learning, that you stay stuck with them like you almost you stay married to these things yeah if you don't then you're just going to turn back to the the same situation the same problems the same emotions that you had before that actually brought you out of that you know when once you came to yourself and so um it's really important and now this is something that i just live out on an everyday basis yeah you know it it, it i think you started to say something you might have completed it but it takes 21 days to develop a new habit mm -hmm. right and a lot of people coming into recovery, they want it like now. You know? Yeah. And we forget that, you know, and like in my case for 38, 30, almost 40 years, I was living life with certain behaviors and certain habits, right? Those aren't going to go away automatically. And so it is, it is key, number one, that you get under good leaders. And that what happens is, I used to hear this, where you start living recovery. Well, how do you live recovery? Mm -hmm. You know, some people say you live the step. Well, how do you do that? Yeah. You, you just hit it right on the money is every single day. You mm -hmm. stay connected to the right people and you just practice the principles to the best of our ability every day. So it does become ingrained in us. Yeah, right. good. That's good. So, Albert, you gave us your list of tools. Why don't you start out? Uh, the first one that you you want to talk about that or I'd like for you to talk about is your self-examination. What do you mean by that? When when you say that I'm going to do self-examination, how do you apply that? Yeah, so self-examination is my first and my foremost like thing that I do. Um, I try to do it on a daily basis. Um, really, I'll, even, I'll say that I'm doing it on a daily basis, but I catch myself thinking that process as I'm just going out through the day. And I just didn't even realize that. Um, but it's really important, like for me, that I'm able to examine my surroundings. I'm able to examine the rooms that I'm in. I'm able to examine certain emotions when they pop up, certain triggers that I may have, um, just things that are happening around in my personal environment, right? And so um, one of those things that I learned was actually from the eight principles. And so um, what really helps me and it helps me to dig in is principle number seven. And it says, reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. Um, it's really important to me that whether it's in the morning, whether it's at night, that I have that self-examination time where I'm able to step into prayer and actually try to become one with God, right? And so what I've actually been learning is actually learning how to walk with God. Um, a lot of times, uh, and I'm guilty of it, is that I'll read my Bible in the morning, I might read a devotion in the morning, um, but the only thing is, and I might worship in the morning, is that a lot of times that might just become a checkbox for me. And then I yeah. go out and I live out my day. And then I realize why during the day some things are hitting me hard, 
I wonder why my mind is going crazy. I wonder why my uh, anxiousness or fear uh, starts to pop up. And it's like, okay, well, what am I doing? I'm realizing as I'm examining myself that I'm out of alignment. Like I'm no longer in alignment if I'm feeling these emotions. Because if I serve a God that is a God of peace and I don't have peace, that means I'm not aligned with him. That means I'm not walking with him right now. Um, And I I, I learned that actually through um, this recent accident, like I have been living out a life of gratitude like never before um, because I understand God's grace more than ever because of this accident. And when I really uh, came to think about grace, you know, grace is undeserved favor. And so I think about, well, what is favor? And favor, you would think, is materialistic things like God bless me with a new home. God bless me with a marriage. God bless me with this or with that. Really, what favor is designed to do is to align you with God and bring you back to a spot where you're able to walk with him. Yeah. And so grace, if grace is undeserved favor, that means we are undeserving to walk with a higher power, which we call God. Um, and God's desire is for us to get back like Adam did in the cool of the garden in the cool of the day to walk with God. Mm, And so when I'm able to do my self-examinations, it brings me back to where I'm able to be like Adam and become one with God and walk with God. Mm, That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, the other thing I think I know that you use a lot, um, is surrounding yourself with godly counsel. Um, you have a handful, if not bushels full of people in your life that you can go to. <laughs> and I think you use them quite often. So share a little yeah. bit about how, how that benefited you in this most recent situation um, that you guys have had to go through. Yeah, um, honestly, I wouldn't be, a, I would have never been able to make it out through that situation if it wasn't, for the godly counsel that I surround myself with. And I'm thankful for you guys. And I'm thankful, um, Pastor Randy, that you would allow Pastor Kathy to come and and help and support and be there for us. And, you know, when I was going through it, I remember just thinking to myself, um, I just moved to Texas. I've only been here a year. I'm still establishing relationships. And if this would have happened at home, I would have had all my friends with me. Um, I would have had family close to me. And um, I remember talking to somebody and I was just like, I just know that if I was back at home, like you guys would have just came and just sat with us. Like we don't necessarily need all this feedback or or, or comfort. Like sometimes you just need somebody to sit there with you. Um, Thank God that through this situation, uh, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me and my wife. Uh, through a verse, uh, I believe it's Isaiah 43, 18, uh, where he says that I'm doing a new thing in you. Do you guys not perceive it? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And this is where a genuine relationship uh, was was, uh, brought to my attention that was already there. And that is through my current church and my current family and my current pastors. Um, They, he, God brought out in that scripture and told me, hey, what you're doing is you're comparing your old church with your new church and your old friends with your new friends. And, um, you know, if you want to ever stop growth, then compare yourself with somebody else or compare the latter with the new. 
And um, that really hit me. And I realized that through this, my current church family, uh, the current people that I surround myself with, that me and my wife surround ourselves with, were, were there for us. And what's horrible for me is that I didn't realize that this whole year that we were here until this incident happened. And sometimes, unfortunately, God will take in a tragic incident like that to make you understand that, hey, like I've been doing this thing all along for you and you just didn't see it. And so that scripture really hit me um, and it kind of just smacked me in my face. And to see the, um, the friends and the family that we've established here to come and support us and be around us and help us out um, was a beautiful thing. And it like now I am so grateful uh, for the new family and friends that we have that we've established through this church because I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Yeah, sometimes God will put highlights before us just to have it stand out. And that's, I think, exactly what happened for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, one of the other things, um, and this is one that I know a lot of men struggle with, and even some of the girls struggle with it, and that is journaling. I mean, <laughs> a lot of guys, look, at, get a journal and just journal. Journal about your feelings. Get it all out on paper before you go spewing it out to everybody yeah. that's around you, right? Um, you, there's one other guy along with you that really utilized that journaling. So tell us a little bit about how you use your journaling to keep yourself balanced and, and level-headed. Yeah, I, I mean, I would be insane if it wasn't for me being able to journal. Um, you know, at first I was using it because recovery is a really hard process to go through, except especially when you step right into it. And you're going through all these changes and all you want to do is go back to your old self because that's what you know and that's what seems um, easier. Um, because change is not easy. Change is hard and you really have to put in work. And so I was using it at first to really um, like unload in a book or, you know, sometimes on my phone because I would have carried my phone around. So I, I, I thumbed through that thing. Um, but, you know, there was times where I'd get angry. There'd be times where I get sad. There'd be times where I want to go back to certain addictions. And if it wasn't for me journaling, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right now. I don't think that I'd be as patient as I am right now. I don't think that I'd, I'd be um, as calm and as graceful as I am right now because journaling really helps. Like, I always try to tell people, like, if you need to blow up on someone, blow up on your journal. Yeah, because that's good. I would, I would hate for me to be into, to um, get into the argument with my wife or somebody that's going to escalate into something that it doesn't really need to be. At that moment, I really need to stop and just say, hey, you know, whether it's my wife or somebody else, like, I'm going to have to step outside. And Lauren, my wife, was really good at this in the very beginning when we met because I was still... Um, I was in the process of my recovery to where whenever there was a situation that was happening in the house, like she was really good with me saying, Hey, like I need to step out for a few minutes and I need to write down on my journal because one, I'm either going to say things that I shouldn't be saying, and I don't want to lose that respect for you as my wife. And two, like it helps me formulate my thoughts because yeah. sometimes I'm just spewing out of my mouth and I'm making no sense. And, um, what I need to do is I really need to come together. 
I need to do my self-examination. I need to write all that stuff in my journal because now what I'm able to do is I'm able to come to someone like you or come to my wife and say, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm discovering because I journaled it. And this is um, really something I just need you guys to hear me out and help me make a decision that I need to make. So whether it's decision making or I just need to vent, like I go to my journal first before I go to a person because I want to make sure that one, um, I'm clear when I'm vocalizing something. And two, I also want to make sure that I'm not bringing a heavy emotion on somebody like my wife or somebody else um, because that, that can turn into something that it doesn't need to turn into. And so I'm, I'm really actively always trying to journal before I do anything. And now it's just become a, a good thing to where like I just journal at night. And it's really helped me because now my journaling actually becomes like my prayer book. And so um, that's even changed because I'm writing my prayers down now, which is really cool. And, and one thing that I love about journaling, a lot of people are scared. Like when I talk to people, um, they're scared to journal because they're afraid that somebody's going to find it. Yeah. And they're going to read their innermost secrets and all of that. Um, when I've learned to give my, like surrender my life, um, my life has now become an open book. And so one of the things that I'm actually excited about is that the day that I get to leave this earth, these journal entries, these prayer books are going to stay behind. And my children are going to be able to read these things when I'm gone and see how dad did it. And hopefully I'm, I'm leaving a legacy behind where they're going to be able to see that and know like the way dad kept himself sane, the way that dad was able to walk, the way that he walked is because of the journaling process. And yeah. these are the things that he went through and I didn't get to see it but it's because he was writing it down in a journal. And then my follow-up on the next day is talking about like, Hey, I talked to my pastors about it. Like, this is what I was doing. And, and it's, it's, it's something to leave behind that other people can follow. Yeah. And you know what you said something and it really dawned on me. It almost reminded me of when Randy wrote his first book, you know, I wasn't part of any of that. I just let him do it until the book was actually printed and for your kids to actually pick something up, they're living this with you. They don't always understand or what have you, but when, if that time comes or when that time comes and they get to pick up that journal book and they see this, they're going to have an aha moment, much like I did reading the book, like, oh my gosh, this all makes perfect sense. Now <laughs> I saw how he went through this. I saw how he discovered this. I saw how he overcame this. I mean, it, it is a beautiful thing because mm -hmm. it's almost like reflecting on your life through somebody else mm -hmm. uh, because our kids experience everything we do, just not at the level we do. So right. I think it's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing that you're not afraid to let them know and let them in on that. Uh, in my, my opinion, that journaling can, is probably one of the most powerful recovery tools that we have. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kathy knows she, she saw me in early recovery. I mean, I'd be up at three o'clock in the morning with my mind going a thousand miles an hour. And, and yeah. I either journal until I had to go to work or until I fell asleep. I journaled at night, tons and tons of journals, you know. Um, it's, it's just a great way to get what's at, in your head onto the paper and pencil or pencil and paper, right? And what I discovered too, a lot of times, what we're thinking isn't true. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's the big deal? Why am I thinking that? What this, this is, <laughs> I mean, this is the one I'm thinking. I mean, yeah. there's, no, there's nothing to it, you know? Yeah. The journaling is, is, you know, I understand people are afraid. I do have one client that his wife found him and it wasn't a pleasant thing, but it's all working out for him for better. But, and, and, and it's like, if it's our truth that we're putting down on journals, that's a very good point, a very good question that people have. What if my wife or if somebody finds it? If it's our truth, 
it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. I got nothing to hide. If, right. You know, it's like Kathy's never read one of my journals. I'm sure Lauren has never read one of yours. Right. And that's just a, that shows um, if, if a wife is that insecure with herself that she has to go into your private journals, then there's an issue. Yeah. You know, you said something, I'm going to skip one of them, but we'll come back to one of your points. But this kind of ties into this. But your last point that you gave us was live a life that's honest and transparent. And I think that's kind of what we're yeah. talking about is those journals are your honest and transparent life, but it goes beyond that. So what can you share about, you know, living that honest and transparent life beyond just what you write in your journals? Yeah, um, one of the things that I learned uh, when I came to recovery, I remember that day when I had to come and I spoke to to Pastor Randy and I was just so scared. Um, I was already leading in church. I was leading in ministry. There was things that I was doing already and um, my soul was so depleted. Even though it looked like Albert had it all together on the outside, the inside of me was just jacked up. And... Um, one of the things that I had to learn was like, not to fake the fuck no more, like no more. Like, like it's not like fake it till you make it. Cause that doesn't work. Cause yeah. now you are holding so much in and that weight just feels like a thousand tons in your, on your shoulders. And I remember coming and I was crying and I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And, um, talks about it in James it also talks about it in our principles but like that we need to come and we need to be able to confess right we need to confess our faults um to myself to God and to someone I trust and um I've learned to do that and I always try to um encourage people to do the same because there's so much freedom that comes after that like the book of James says that when you confess to one another that, that there's healing involved and really, like a lot of my healing comes from me being able to be so honest and to be so transparent. And one of my core values um, that I live by is always tell the truth, even if it hurts. Yeah. Not that it's going to hurt the other person, but it's going to hurt me. Because sometimes I need to come to somebody that I love, whether it's in my marriage, my family, or ministry, and say something, whether it be a correction or something that I'm dealing with, and say, hey, like, like this is not right. And I'm sorry because it hurts me to tell you this, but I need to be honest about it, right? And so um, I don't want to walk around with guilt or shame or uh, an insane mind or all these negative emotions that are built up and have been built up uh, in, in me for years. And so in order for me to release that is I have to live a life that's honest and transparent. You know, I have to do that. And I've learned to do that with my kids and I've seen that. Um, at least my three older boys who are all now teenagers are asking me questions because of how honest and open I am, because I know that I've been there before they're going through situations and I want them to know that this is a safe place that your dad has been through the stuff that you've been going through and I'm openly um, telling them that your dad used to do drugs your dad used to be an alcoholic your dad used to sleep around with women women like all these things of the world that you think is helping you is actually crushing you and crushing your soul and there's a way there's a different way that you can follow and um, if you need help like I'm here for that and I'm never going to judge you I'm going to keep this place open it's going to be safe and this is what really helps um, my marriage me and my wife are able to create a safe place for us to come to one another and say hey this is what I'm dealing with like, this is what I'm feeling and it had, it may or may not have anything to do with you, 
but if it does or it doesn't, like I'm here openly telling you, like this is what I feel like, right? Let's come together and let's try to try to fix this problem. Or, or maybe I'm not even looking for you to fix me. Like I just need to vent and I need you to understand that this is probably bothering me. Um, just so you can see and understand, right? A lot of times um, when we're having conversations with people, um, we, we, we listen with the intent to reply instead of listening for the intent to like actually understand. Yeah, right? that's good. Um, I've heard, I heard it before um, on, on another podcast that you did, Pastor Randy, is that you said one of the biggest forms of communication is listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just blows my mind. Because if we can just all sit there and listen to the other side, we're able to understand them instead of judge them. Yeah, that's so good. So, so well, good. You know, Albert, what you were just talking about is, is people think, well, we communicate, we talk to each other. <laughs> but what you're talking about is true communication. Yeah. yeah. That's what communication is about. It's being able to go to our partner and saying, hey. I'm struggling right now. It might, it might be I'm struggling with you. It might be I'm struggling at work. It might be I'm struggling with a coworker. But I just need to get this off my chest. I just need you to listen to me, right? Um, mm-hmm. I need you to understand where I'm coming from. I don't want to be angry at you. That's why I have to talk about this. And, and, and so many people today don't know how to do that. They're they're as I think I think I've talked to you about this in the past. Is that they've lost their voice. They're afraid to speak their truth because right. of some kind of negative feedback they got growing up as a kid or even as a teenager or something along the line where we have to get back to that open and honest communication, being open with our spouses, being open with our partners, with our children, right? The kids at a certain age, they need to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. As fathers, that's our job. Yeah. I mean, the fatherhood needs to come back to what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be the the mentor to our children. We're supposed to be the one that gives them their self-esteem, their self-worth, show them what love is all about. Not right. talking about it. You're, you're showing them what love is about by being there for them. And I think being honest and transparent is one of those key yeah, reasons yeah. that, that you're successful with yeah, that is exactly. because they see that in you and they're no longer afraid. And that's so, so important. Right. Yeah, there's, there, there's been two recent incidents that has helped me through this is one was with my son, Jeremiah, and the second was with my mother. And um, I wasn't very happy with a text that my older son, Jeremiah, sent me because it was very short. Um, I'm a words of affirmation person. And so if you if I send this long text telling you how much I love you, I'm trying to affirm you, I'm trying to tell you all these things, and you just say, love you too, pops. Like that doesn't do anything to me. Um, and, and am I asking for a little bit more? Yes, but what I'm doing is I'm explaining why I need that. And so I came to Jeremiah and I said, hey, son, like, I want you to know, like, when you're very short like that, this is what that does to me. I know that you're telling me that you love me and I understand that. But I want you to know that that doesn't fill my tank. And this is what's happening. And when my tank is not full, I start to think certain things. Like, why does Jeremiah not love me? Did I move so far away that I'm no longer close to him? Right. Mm-hmm. And so what the great thing that uh, honest communication worked out for us is that he is able to text me and be um, verbalize a lot more things. Like I get text messages now that say, hey dad, I just wanna remind you that you're a great father, that you've always been there for me and I really appreciate you. Like that fills my love tank, right? And so now he's being intentional. Other people in my life that I'm now able to be honest with and they understand me are able to be intentional. My mother was another one. Um, I told my mom that for a very long time, there was things 
that I was dealing with and it had nothing to do on her part, but it, it had everything to do with me. And once I was able to explain that to her, she's, I can see it now that she's very intentional. She's text messaging, text messaging me um, on a daily basis. She's giving me calls and just say, Hey, honey, I'm just checking in on you. I just want to see how you're doing. I want to let you know that I love you. And all that stuff really helps me. Right. But I would, I would have never been able to express that and receive that love back if I wasn't able to uh, be open and, and communicate that with them. Okay. And, and that, that's important because, you know, we go around, you know, a lot of people go around thinking, how come they're like this for me? Don't they know what I need? No, they <laughs> yeah. need because we don't express it. So crystal ball is yeah, broken. <laughs> crystal ball is broken. It's like, and we, we build up these resentments as we're going because we don't have the voice to say, hey, like you did with, with, with Jeremiah and with your mom, you yeah. know, so this is what I need as, as a father, as a human being, as, as a man. And I think it's important to, to understand too, that is an important need. It's not yeah, just that yeah. you're being needy. Right, exactly. That is a need that feeds you, that, yeah. that, that gives you value, that gives you purpose in that relationship. Right. And I think that's the difference. A lot of people hear the word need and they're like, oh, they're needy. No, that's that's a soulful need that is so that brings value to your relationship with that other person. And so if we can't communicate that, we're only shortchanging ourselves yeah. out in that relationship. And it's not necessary if we just speak our truth. Right. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's you know? good. I love that. It, 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 it's a two because Albert knows what he needs. Mm -hmm. A lot of people yeah. don't know what they need. I mean, we've worked, we're working with some couples right now. Some people, what do you need from your partner? What do you need? I don't know. Well, <laughs> we need to discover what you need. So in order to get it, but your if, partner knows. In all honesty, though, Albert, I don't know if you knew what your need was initially. Right. I think that's something no. that you have to, that we right. work exactly. towards discovering exactly. that through right. your self-examination. Yeah through these recovery tools that you're talking right, about exactly. too. But without these tools, you'll never get to the place of being able to express what your All needs right. are. So that's the key there. Um, as we get ready to close out on this, this, this is one that I know is such an impactful tool that you use a lot. We, I use it not as much as I should, but you put in here that you pray before you enter a room. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all pray in general, but you are specific about entering a room. Share with us why that works for you and why is that so important for you? Yeah, um, a lot of time, um, just as an adult, and I'm gonna use me as a man, as a father and as a husband, um, we carry a lot of weight before we enter our homes, um, whether you're a working mom or a working dad. And a lot of times, you can carry that weight into the household that you're walking into. And so one of the things that I've learned is that I'll take a minute or two um, and I'll be parked outside of my driveway and I'll just pray things off of me and pray that the Holy Spirit will just help me to be the, the, the man that I need to be for my wife, the husband that I need to be for my wife and the father that I need to be for my children as I enter into my household because I want to get rid of everything that I'm coming in with from work, the stress that I've had, the bad emails that I was dealing with, the employees that weren't listening. Like I want to get all that load off before I enter my household. And I do the same thing when I'm serving at church. I do the same thing if I'm going into a meeting, like I need to come um, in alignment and walk with God before I go in there because I want them to see him more than they see me. And mm -hmm. so I need to make sure that I'm praying that over me. Um, I need to be the healthiest person in, in the room because we're entering rooms with people that are sick, so to speak. 
um, that have other issues and problems. And I know that my, my life that I'm living right now has a gift and a purpose and God has given me that. And I need to make sure that I am actively working in that and cultivating it and building it. And the only way I can do that is I'm able to become one-on-one with him and then walk into a room where I'm not going to be the spotlight he is and he's going to help me. Right. If I can receive his love, I'm able to pour that love out. Yeah. So I want to make sure that I'm praying before I enter any room, before I'm yeah. making a decision, before I'm stepping into something that I'm not 100% sure about, right? Before anything, I need to make sure that I'm prayed up and that I'm ready to go. That's good. That's good. And that just, and that by doing all that, it just opens you up to receive what you get when you walk into that room, whether it's your home, whether it's church, whether it's a meeting, you're fully available to that. And that's what I love about that. No, one thing that, that I just want to say about all, you know, all of this and Albert and you and I, we, we understand this is that even doing all these things, we're still human beings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And sometimes we just, sometimes we just trip, you know, and again, it's that self-examination that when we trip, are we going to get back up? Are we going to look at our part and what happened so that we can correct ourselves? Yeah. We can't be pointing our fingers. And I don't think you and I, we don't do this a lot, Kathy and Lauren. We don't do this hardly at all. But a lot of people will just say, well, it's his fault or her fault. If, if she would have just been more loving when I got home, or he would have been this. We can't do that anymore. In recovery, the biggest thing is, is that we have to own up to our own responsibility. We have to be accountable to ourselves. Yeah. Right? And I think that's where the number one thing you put on here was the self-examination. Mm-hmm. I think that is key. To, to, to any kind of long-term recovery. Right. right. I think you have to have that self-examination for any of these tools to be applied. You know, yeah. you've got to be able to see where you're at to be exactly. able to apply them. So exactly. that's good. Yeah. So Albert, in closing, if there's one thing, you, you know, what is one thing you can leave with our listeners about these recovery tools? Um, I would say entering into recovery in itself, you guys need to understand for the new listener and people that are going through it, um, that there's no cap and gown that comes with this. You're not graduating. I love that. <laughs> like, like there, there, you can't just do the steps. You can't just live these principles out and just say, okay, I'm good and I'm done. Because the, the moment that you're actually saying that is when you need it the most. Yeah. yeah. And so I've learned, and it was really hard for me because I'm like, I've already did all of these steps. I've already talked to the people I need to talk to. I've already done the curriculum. Like, why do I still go through certain things? Why do I still, uh, certain, still feel certain emotions? And I've had to realize that there is no graduating from this, right? <laughs> that is the best I've heard. <laughs> so it, it's helped me. And I've also learned that like, hey, there's some things that I'm just gonna have to live with. Yeah. You know, uh, Paul had a thorn in his flesh that he prayed to God about three times and God never took that away. Okay. And so there's things that, I've, that I'm learning that if God takes it away, great. But if he doesn't, how can I use this to glorify him? And how can I use this to help others? Because yeah. I still have it for a reason. And so let me be in circles and groups where I can help others through it as well. Well, yeah. it's like, you know, the one thing the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us is that there, he doesn't say there's going to be rainbows and unicorns and bubbles blowing, you know, he says there will be trials and tribulations. Yeah. Right. And that, but I still, Albert Neff's classic, no cap and gown. I love that. That is awesome. Yeah, that yeah. is so good. So remember that if you're listening out there, 
like Albert said, it's a lifelong thing, and there is no cap and ground and no, no graduate cap and gown and no graduation. So no. that's classic. No, right? and I and I, I want to say thank God there's not because if you if if you had graduated and had your cap and gown, I don't know that you would have been able to walk through this tragedy that you guys went right. through with Josiah right. this accident as well as you did because you would have flung that cap and strutted on out of there as if that you know life is great and i'm on, i'm on a roll now and so i'm grateful there's no cap and gown well, cap, yeah. cap and gown in this process of recovering life so thank you for that i yeah. appreciate that and thank you for you know we always love having albert on here he's yeah. so full of wisdom and he teaches us well he teaches me i'll say for think, myself yeah, he teaches me well. every day so um albert thank you for for being open, honest, transparent, and um, being Albert, being Albert, yeah, yeah. that's just Albert. Yeah, so we, well, I wouldn't be able to be the man that I am if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you guys very much. Thank you, Albert. Thank you for being in our life and, yeah. and allowing us into yours. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So, well, well I hope I hope yeah, our listeners, awesome. man, love this one. This is a great, you know, Albert's always a blessing to have on the program. Yeah, on the absolutely. Podcast. So the next week we got another. We have, I have another special guest coming. My Betsy is yeah. going to come on with Butsy. us. Betsy. Okay. Betsy. Did she say Betsy or she say Betsy? Betsy. I heard like, are you going to podcast your butt or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. She's so good that she has the same name as me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> she is my friend from. She's another seven- one from Cody Pennant one. Yes. Two khakis in one podcast. I'm ready. Yeah. Two khakis in one podcast. But no, I'm excited. We have been friends since seventh grade. And so she's going to come on and share her recovery tools for life uh, next week. So we're excited to have her on as well. And she's never been on before. So it'll be fun one to have. So. So absolutely. So if you guys, you know, listeners out there listening to this, hey, please like this and be sure to follow and more importantly, share this this uh, this podcast. There's a yeah. lot of wisdom by Albert in here. Yeah. And uh, this is what we love doing. Yep, so. absolutely. So we appreciate you, Albert. Yep. Thank you very much, Albert. Yeah. We love you a lot. Man. So with that being said, remember, no, oh, what about our book? What about it? What do you want real quick to say? Yeah, what, so we have our book out, healing, How to Heal and Restore Your Marriage. It's a four-step process of uh, working towards healing of marriage. Yep. And you can uh, find that on Amazon. Yep. And uh, it was a fun little short read, but it's actually got a lot of good tools. So pick it up uh, today on Amazon. I'm actually working on one called Restore. Mm, no worries. Okay. We're moving right along. We're moving right along. All <laughs> right. So with that, remember nobody tells you they love you today. But Randy does. Kathy does. More importantly, oh, what about Albert? Albert. Albert does. Albert yeah. Does. <laughs> Albert. But more importantly, God does. Be blessed, everybody. Have a great week. This has been the Heal and Restore Podcast with Randy and Kathy Boyd. We'll have a new episode every Monday. Please like us and be sure to press the follow button on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and five other platforms. If you'd like to know more about the services Randy and Kathy offer, please visit them at healandrestorecounseling.com. Thank you for spending time with us, and we'll see you next week. And remember... If nobody tells you they love you today, Randy and Kathy do.